Salutations! This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate cage cast where we discuss each of the National Treasure's cinematic masterpieces and his life. We also try to glean whatever kernels of wisdom we can from his character that week. That is right, we are back, baby! Squishing in your ear holes. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I guess? Yeah! <laughs> you shouldn't put things in your ear, though. That's not healthy for you. <laughs> I do anyway. <laughs> I would do anything for love. My name is Linda, uh, and uh, we don't have to care. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. Your name has no weight here. <laughs> it's not real, any of it. Yeah. <laughs> Critics aren't real. Adrian's not real. Um. <laughs> Your ass isn't real. It's just a flab of skin you give value to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that as I've grown older, I've gotten... Um, uh, King of the Hill ass. <laughs> yeah, you have Hank Hill flat ass. <laughs> That's what I was telling Carlo. Like, I think I got Hank Hill ass. And, and it, I'm yeah. Donnie, and as a chef, I have issues with this film. Well, I figured you'd I have, have something to you. say about it as a chef. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm a precious little truffle, or Adrian. <laughs> Yeah. As a pig, I take issue with this film. <laughs> As a the police pig. <laughs> the P.I. Don't you dare. Does that wait, does does Carlo, your beloved husband, call you his slam piggy? Because I think I would take issue with this. <laughs> this dream was meant for heaven, not for earth. So what are we talking about? Yesterday. Yeah, we're talking about that. We're talking about Yeah, pig. thank you, Linda. <laughs> Sounds just like me. Linda Linda the Truffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about uh the well, I, I guess the twenty twenty one uh cage film, uh Pig. But it they've they wrapped up I think they, they wrapped up filming in like twenty nineteen, but uh, you know uh. a little something came along called COVID. When the COVID comes along, you must. Well, yeah, and even my DVD says actually 2020, but yeah, yeah, the the, the timings. Sometimes uh, a they drag weird. ass at releasing these things. Mm. But um, this was the uh, directorial debut of uh of uh Sarnowski. and um, of course that's a uh, Michael Sarnowski, the director. And he was also a co-writer along with Vanessa Block. And um, uh, I, you know, of course it goes without saying, I'm sure that um, there will be spoilers. Y'all been warned. Um, we're going to tell you how it ends. We're going to tell <laughs> we're you. We're actually giving up. spoiler warnings now. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it goes well, without Donnie, saying. It's better but... late than never. <laughs> it's Maybe somebody a good thing to show we can change. Didn't show their devotion by listening to all the two hundred episodes we did before this. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, um, yeah, to belong to our cult, I mean, a uh, club, <laughs> like, you have to show your devotion. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, in this film, it is, um, on its very, very basic surface level, it's about, uh, Nicholas Cage playing a um, a character who used to be a real big hotshot uh, chef in Portland, Oregon, which we don't learn until much much later. Right, but he initially um, he's just a bum in the woods. Yeah, um, but through because his his wife died and he ends up becoming basically a hermit in the woods uh, who never really bathes. Um, nope. <laughs> I was so delighted to see that he was in uh like really dirty long johns with the butt flap. Well, not really a butt flap, but like a butt slit, I guess. <laughs> my, 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 my. Had the, 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 the stains and everything. And um, Alex Wolf from, uh, from, uh, um, oh, come on, Linda. Um, Scott Wolf. How old is he now? Yeah, yes, an actor you may have heard of. <laughs> uh, no, from Hereditary. Um, amazing actor, fucking amazing actor. Uh, Alex Wolf uh, plays Amir, who is a um, a restaurant supplier. And a disappointment to his father. Yes. Which we don't find out until later on. Much later. <laughs> um, and he basically comes by every week to um, to rob uh, Nicolas Cage's character's uh, little shack, little cabin, uh, little uh, Evil Dead cabin in the woods cabin. He collects <laughs> his truffles. <laughs> yes. He comes by to do the truffles. Yeah, he's shuffle. not stealing. He's just <laughs> taking them. So he he buys the truffles from him that uh, Cage finds with his truffle pig, and uh, his truffle pig is very well trained. It like uh, it comes when he whistles, and it helps him find truffles in them thar woods, and uh, it's his only companion. And it's a fuzzy pig. It's so fucking it's a adorable very clean too. Pig. Um. Although I heard Would you say Donnie, <laughs> it's a very clean pig. Yeah. Yes. What a clean old man. <laughs> but um, I, we'll get into it later, so I won't get into that now. But stay on um, target. Stay on target. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Amir comes and collects them, but he uh, <laughs> he offers to bring him like a a heated camping shower and a phone, <laughs> and, he's, and uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, hey, Rob, just, you're filthy. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Cage is basically like just an asshole. <laughs> he like doesn't he even does, say anything. He says not one word to him, and Amir's yeah, like, "Yeah, good talk, Rob." Care, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he does pig. That's all we need. And so yeah, Amir's like, "All right, see you next week, asshole." <laughs> you know, like, what it, it is, scrotes. But um, once again, on its a surface level, um, it's about <laughs> these uh, tweakers coming oh, and uh, kidnapping his pig. And he, this is the plot. This yeah, is the and base. he has yeah. to go back to Portland to his old life um, on a his own hero's journey to get his pig uh, back. Yeah, and um, 
because of that, like, and that's how basically how they sold the the movie too. So, and I like, I don't know about you guys, but I like knowing very little (laughs) about a movie going in because I like to be surprised. And so I thought that that was it. I thought this was like, uh, oh shit, this is going to be a a cagey, um, like uh, uh, John Wick sort of movie. This is John Wick. You don't have to look any deeper than that. I mean, it's everything on this. It's John Wick with a pig. It's like the taken of John Wick. Yeah, you don't don't have to put a piece of shit on a pedestal. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's you get there. There's nothing hidden. It's you, no, you get where you're going. You didn't like it? No, I did. Oh, okay. I'm just saying you're you're kind of building I, it up think, a little bit more. I think we all liked it. And, well, no, and, that's, uh, like, I don't I think, think it's, it was that at all. I think it is something more than just the, than just the John Wick type picture. But, you know, like, like obviously, I'm not going to call it a, a Citizen Kane or anything. No, no. Well, I don't uh, think that it was. I think um, it's well done, though. I don't think it was yeah. like a John Wick sort of picture at all. Um, Cause like I was expect- <laughs> expecting this like sort of um, quest for vengeance and mm-hmm. um, you were expecting a score to settle. Basically. Yeah. And so I was very pleased that this was not a score to settle. It's personal. <laughs> and like, the, <laughs> kind of like the last time and the time before that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the first things that they do when they get into Portland is they go uh, to an underground uh, fight club for restaurant workers. And so I'm yeah. like, fuck yeah, this is some cagey in the lobby of a hotel that shit. is buried under Pioneer Square. Yes. yes. And so I was I expecting. That was neat. <laughs> I was expecting some of that, you know, usual cage, uh, balls out, crazy, weird movie. He hasn't been doing that really lately. It's Robin Feld. The name has power. <laughs> but like the the deeper you get into it, it's like I mean I, that's what I was expecting. This weird ass yeah. balls out crazy movie. But uh, then I ended the movie with like tears streaming down my face and like. What How the many fuck days just did you happened? talk about it? <laughs> huh? How many days did you talk about it? Because it stayed with you. It it has stayed with me. It's been like, um, I think it's been over a, a week since I first watched it. And I just, I, I, I keep thinking about it. And I've been looking I forward to this conversation. Is that unlike, unlike more, most of these movies where somebody's got to go rogue to find a thing or get mm-hmm. revenge or something like this thing actually has pretty intact thematics and characterization. Yeah. And at its heart, it's really all about loss and about how people deal with that loss and corporate incorporate this, um, this uh, desolation and loss into their lives and um, live with it. And it's, it's just, I think it's, it's absolutely beautiful, and um, because yeah. they give every character something missing, they they, they yeah. they're all dissatisfied. Yeah, because like broken, you're yeah. kind of expecting some like there's this one character played by um, uh, Adam Arkin, right? <clears throat> Who you're expecting to be the bad guy, but even he like he's connected uh. through loss. And it, they're all dealing with the same thing, whether it's the loss of a wife or uh, loss of a mother, but they're all Just dealing with it human. in a different way. Yeah. 
It's like Unforgiven. They give they give everybody some sympathetic motivation, and nobody's just like a a, a robot trope. Like it's like sixty like percent John Wick, and then about forty percent Ratatouille. <laughs> I'm gonna have because, to take no, your word you for it. You can't even deny that, that because his meals literally change a man's life. It makes him regret what he did. But but Donnie, he wasn't presenting the experience where you you fill a goldfish bowl full of smoke and then serve people a little smidge on a plate. God, oh, that's God. so fucking pretentiously dumb. I, but you know but, the, the so that's, thing that's, is that's though, real, right? That I was like gonna say, you know that 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 the problem is is that is fucking real. Like there are those fucking restaurants that because like she that I would never go to. The waitress yeah. presents the food and says. We all have a set of beliefs about the world around yeah. us. She has to recite entire <laughs> spiel. Like, it's yeah. uh, as if it wasn't hard enough to be a fucking server. She's yeah. got to recite this shit. Those are theme mm-hmm. restaurants I really can't get behind. But even in France with my fiance's parents, we went to a three, four star resort. Well, two, two, four star, one, three. And um, it's kind of like that, but not especially. There are very small places just like that guy's place, which is really part of what makes those things what they are because it's whole thing of you can't get in here because it's so awesome but it's so small but yeah they do little tiny presentations like that but it's more about telling you about the ingredients Mm. not filling you with smoke up your ass to make you go oh yes this fart bubble i can smell the hormel chili you had earlier in the day Mm. but donnie it's the woods and the sea on a plate it's that man wanted to have a pub and he should have stuck with his dream Yeah, he he wanted uh, he wanted his uh, what was it liver blood pudding or something? Like yeah, that? yeah, scotch liver blood egg pudding with scotch, scotch egg was going right. to be a specialty. Yeah, yeah, which I am completely for because scotch eggs are very, very, very fun to make and very, very yummy. I've never had one. It's really easy. You just boil an egg and then you wrap it with pork and you season the pork up and then you just go and cook it in the oven and it's delicious. But you also put in breadcrumbs and such. What? I don't eat pork no more. What? Well, that's I'm fine. a chicken pescatarian. Uh, well, thank you for letting the world know. <laughs> we support my sister and her things. What, what's this? You but, won't eat the pork, you precious princess. No, and, and um, and this isn't like a knock against you at all. So I, I really don't want this to come off that way. It's just interesting to me how people take their perception of what they're looking for or going to get from the film. Because for me, everything that you're saying is kind of deeper layered. It's very, very clearly laid out for you on the journey you take in that film. Because even from the trailers, it's like, you know, this is going to be a sad film. You know, this is going to be a human thing. I didn't watch trailers either. Actually, I went in cold. Even watching the trailers, you're not going to ruin anything for yourself. It's just one of those, if people, this person that made the film, this is a nice opening for them. It still, to me, could have been done a little bit better but not by much. There's just some parts and some points in the messages I felt were a little tiny bit lazy, but it didn't ruin the movie. But for me, it's just watching this, you know what you're in store for. You kind of know because it's not really hiding it from you that this is going to be a journey, not so much the hero's journey layout and how it normally goes, so much as you're going to unwrap this man's story in his life as yeah. we discover it with him as we go along. Because even the whole thing of discovering he was a chef, it, it's so minimalistically done that he really towed the line between it being really, really well done that way 
and they you kind of stumbled, but you're still going. And again, that's why I said it's not bad. It's I really enjoyed it. It's just there's certain points and certain marks that I feel if it was another season director, he really could have nailed it hard. But this guy still got it across, and there was nothing really to roll your eyes at. So much as sometimes it's so vague, which I know some people really like things to be that way, that you nice. just feel almost lost. Because it's like when you find out his he's a chef, they make such a mm-hmm. big deal about it and his name that you're just like, okay, so he was a chef, all right? But the way they treat it is just kind of mystical in a way that just makes me want to smack someone in the dick really, really hard. And it's because there is no such thing as an underground fucking food workers fight club. Well, that's that you, why it, it kind of becomes fantastical. And well, and it had been because of the myth and the mysticism they put behind him that in Portland, of all areas, this man is like a food god. And as soon as you put his name out there, people are like jizzing themselves. Well, because apparently he wasn't just any chef, right? He's supposed to have done like quite a bit for the industry in the yeah, restaurant scene. You know, like, so he yeah, was like that's the kind chef of, at one time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of like the kind character of, setting uh, up. I'm sorry, go him. ahead. No, go ahead. It's going to happen. Well, I felt like um, after watching it, and I know it's pretentious, but it's just how I felt yeah. after watching it. I felt like it was sort of a, a loose retelling of the story of Orpheus going into the underworld to find, uh, to get Eurydice. And yeah. he was like yeah. the, um, he had almost like a godly talent for uh, playing the liar where in this case mm-hmm. um his talent is uh w- was cooking and yeah. uh he says he remembers every person he served <laughs> yeah. every meal that he's he's prepared and um in a lot of ways this isn't just about him facing the loss of uh the pig but uh the loss of his wife and having to yeah. face that and i i feel like he had to run away to become a hermit. So like, because he could not deal with the loss of his wife and yeah, they got the, the bit early on with the cassette player and they sort of illustrate that the pig is yeah, what's there to fill the hole in yeah. him for that. His wife yeah. left. And I think throughout this whole, um, this whole journey, he finds that you can't avoid loss and you can't, um, uh, you know, it, it's going to happen and you're going to have to face it. It's at some point. And I feel like at the end, he finally is ready. And he says, um, um, God, uh, okay. So here's the big spoiler. Um, it, he ends up, um, God, how should we put this? Uh, so Amir, um, his dad is like this, um, big time restaurant supplier and, um, he's almost a restaurant gangster. Yeah. He's kind of like, um, he's kind of trying to be like a kingpin, like a mobster kingpin Mm. sort of of Portland. Like I own this city. They all work for me. That's how a lot of those people are. It's not even like mobster like, it's just, that's how those people are Mm -hmm. because they're very possessive about that. Well, big business and the mafia are essentially the same. But, um, He's the one who, once he found out that um, his son had been getting truffles from this guy, 
Um, they don't even explain if he knows which Robin it was. He didn't until he um, mentioned him because he wanted to brag to his dad. Mm-hmm. He just didn't mention his actual name. He just mentioned uh, his name was Rob. And it's like, because yeah. his dad says that at one point in the film, he's like, once his son mentioned that, he started putting yeah. it together. You've been in my world. Well, and he um, he's not going to win any father of the year awards. Oh, yeah. He's an asshole. He doesn't support his son at all. You can In go fact, now. Um, yeah, you can go. He yeah. says that when his son told him about him, he was like, it was cute. <laughs> like, like my son's trying to be uh, like me. He's trying to make my it. Son tries like to he do stuff. told him. And it's yeah. like, you see with that character, he's is weak because of how his father treated him. And it's like giving himself a pep talk in his bathroom on how he's going to handle things. But then when you see him actually trying to handle business and be like his dad, how he feels he is, he's just so weak and collapses easily on a lot of things. But then his dad even said well, his and- son is too weak to survive in this. Mm-hmm. And he just wishes he would take some other job with him in his business instead of trying to do the business himself. And I think Amir is all about trying to be someone that oh, yeah. he's not like he he Even has like the camaro the, yeah. and the classical music yeah he's got a camaro he has like um what sounds like a great lessons uh tape series on um, music appreciation yeah <laughs> classical music appreciation and how to appreciate it and that was one of the points i took issue with because like oh man they're really they're really making right? fun of this with this they went they went full-on parody with that with the voice of that announcer it's like yeah. what is it about classical music you know just what makes you though feel super pretentious that narrator uh was actually uh david shaughnessy who has done a lot of voice acting work in fact he was uh a couple roles in labyrinth including sir didymus the door and um i was I was going to tell you, when you said that it may be a little pretentious when you're comparing it to older stories, that's not pretentious at all. It's just that's what a lot of directors, especially artistic directors, do. It's just they use that foundation of those older stories like the Iliad and Homer to just say, this is my version and my telling of this. And it's just a way for them to sell it. Well, it really is just structure. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's structure, yeah, structure. Oh. It's a, it's a jumping out point. I mean, like almost everything is going to relate to a story from antiquity, like Shakespeare, yeah, biblical. Yeah. You know, Henrik Ibsen, maybe. You know. Yeah, and I, I know we talked about it before too, but um, but there's so many different similarities. But um, in I'm just saying, like this this movie really um took me by surprise, and um, I'm Amir. Uh, Amir isn't just trying to um, be someone he's not like trying so hard to like be this person his father can be proud of, but he's also um, not really dealing with the loss of his mom. And um, apparently like he tells Cage that he's yeah, that she committed suicide, but we find out later that she's really in the, um, She's being kept alive by like a mm-hmm. ventilator. She's yeah. basically brain dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, he why won't, won't even... they just let you die? You don't say that if it's just a vegetative stage, it's brain dead. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He he won't even like go into her room and see her. He talks to her like he whispers through the door. Through the door. And yeah, he says that, and it's kind of heartbreaking where he says like, uh, "Don't uh, do you wish Dad would just let you die?" And 
And so that's kind of like how his dad doesn't really um, face the loss of his wife. He just like, like a fucked up flesh captive. Yeah, basically, she's uh, like boxing Elena, <laughs> kind of. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, it's really fucked if you think about it. It's neat. <laughs> but so they're like all dealing with something else. But uh, what I was getting at before was that um, that. Uh, uh, the the tweakers who uh, Amir's dad Darius pays off to uh, to kidnap the pig, they were too rough with the pig, and um, the pig didn't make it. And um, and in the end, uh, Cage is talking to Amir. Well, toward the end, and he he says something like, um, "I'm thinking in my head if." I never came looking for her. She'd be, she'd be alive. And I feel like that was mind. Yeah. Yeah. In his mind. Yeah. And so I feel like it's kind of about his wife too. Like if I don't face it, it's not really a thing. And it's kind of like a Schrodinger's cat. Even his reaction to hearing from the guy that his pig had died. It's the same way as reacting to when his wife died. It's just, again, it's not really even trying to hide that. It's just, this is where his mind is at because holding onto this pig again, kind of in the John wick tie, it's his version of the dog. It's as soon as he lost it, that was the last thing he had from his wife. And for him, it's like, this is his only thing in the world. It's the most precious thing which again, I got to love this movie for is that the pig had a little bed next to his bed. It was a very, very cute. Little yeah. <laughs> it was a cute pig. It was an adorable pig. Um, but as it turns out, the, they, they couldn't afford to get a trained pig. Um, he got bit by the pig. Yeah, he got bit numerous times. He's like, I've been shot and set on fire and I'm going to yeah. die from sepsis from a pig bite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, that's how I'm going to die. Huh? But it was because of this connection with the pig that um, he uh, that Cage actually took the film because he he said, um, "quote I understood the profound connection we can have with our animal brothers and sisters. I know I rely heavily on my friendship with my cats, and I haven't seen many movies about that about this relationship between people and their animal friends." They and- should cut out the scene where I got the pig stone. Yeah. <laughs> The, the pig got into my mushrooms. The pig um, kept her back to me to try to hypnotize me. You know, it's kind of funny because a pig's but, tail does tickle your belly when you're fucking it, but it's not really as stiff as you think it would be. God damn it. <laughs> he doesn't his fuck character, the pig. And we know his that character for a fact. doesn't fuck the pig. Yeah. His character. <laughs> hey, look. Let's be look. clear on who doesn't fuck <laughs> yeah. the pig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. I don't fuck my pig. <laughs> Again, you the heard it. character oh, didn't fuck the pig. <laughs> Notice from that soundbite, though, Cage is not screaming. This is an understated Cage performance. Again, it's what has been true. Well, that's actually one thing I really liked about it, it because much like one of my other favorite performances from him, uh, 8mm, he's really keeping it all inside and i feel like um except for that moment where he breaks down after hearing that his pig didn't make it which he's, makes sense yeah. to have yeah um yeah he's he's just like this tempest in a teapot and he's got this like um the, all these emotions oh. brewing up and it's just kind of um bringing the tension i feel like and it just builds and it, it builds works. and it builds 
and something's got to give and he, or he's going to break. And I feel like that's what his journey was all about was, uh, facing that. And, um, apparently there's been a lot of buzz about him, uh, being up for an Oscar again. And I, for one, really think (laughs) that he deserves it because he's on top of his fucking game with this. Yeah, that would be fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and half of Hollywood. He really should have won for adaptation. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, oddly enough, this this went to for real theaters. Mm-hmm. This this went to movie theaters. Yeah, our friends uh, uh, Steve and Izzy uh, watched it in the theater. Unlike from everything most, I learned from movies, all, all, unlike almost every Nicholas Cage movie for the last ten years. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a nice change. <laughs> Things are coming around for him. Yeah. But uh, no, it opened at number nine. Actually, uh, in the in United States theaters, it was uh, it was behind uh, Black Widow, the Anthony That's Bourdain sad. movie, and A Quiet Place Two. That's just sad. I really wanted to see it in the theater, but I'm like with all the strains of COVID going on, I was like, I am fucking leaving the house, oh, yeah. <laughs> like unless I have to. Fuck all that and shit. Three point five million dollars. That's about what it deserves. Million. That's about huh? what it deserves. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster. It's, it's, it's a lot nice better than his movies have been doing lately. Loyal little following, find it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's not going to be as accepted as fucking the Revenant was, but which is just really <sighs> God, I hate that fucking movie. But Leo needed his award. And... I love Leo. I want to watch him get raped by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I wish he got raped by that bear. Then I would have applauded when he won the award. <laughs> just, just ninety minutes of bear rape. Yeah. <laughs> See now in that case the bear <laughs> fucked you. <laughs> yeah. It's making me think of a uh, uh, super troopers oh, yeah. with the guy fucking a bear. <laughs> bear fucker. <laughs> and then Benicio del Toro presents the award and says, Do they do they pay you to screw that bear? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that was missing with bums and Nicolas Cage going, Did they did, did you get paid to fuck that pig? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's how you know um, I didn't make this movie. The whole movie would have been well, bum foo. It would have been. It would have just been hobo centric all and the way I, around. Maybe this is why the movie was kind of spoiled for me a bit because I knew it was going to be sad. Like I knew the fucking pig was going to be dead, but that's partially because like when you're a cook yeah. and you learn about ingredients, especially truffles, it it's really kind of funny and cute. There's not just truffle pigs. There's truffle cats. There's truffle dogs. Lots of animals that do this. It's really hmm. really cute. However, it's a very sad fact that over 70% of those animals are killed off by rival tr- truffle hunters and other restaurateurs. Yeah, that's what... Uh, yeah, the, shit, shit be yeah. cutthroat, yeah. That's what uh, Cernowski said. He said, like, like I-, I was surprised too, but he was just, like, shocked. He was like, uh, would you believe it? Like, some of these uh, truffle yeah. hunters... They sit on their porch yeah. with a shotgun at night to make sure that nobody comes and steals their their yeah, animal. But those meth heads, man, they're they're sneaky little ninjas. Uh, <laughs> fucking tweakers, man. Oh, but I was I mean, you know me. I I usually I don't like the sappy sweet everybody's happy endings. Like oh, I, we, I fucking know that, usually yeah, hate it. But it's fine. But that's why but you like this, Cruz um, so much. But with this, the end of this, I was just like, uh, I don't know. Like, 
Well, in the, 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 the real down parts of most of my life, I have this thing, this moment where I'm staring off into the nothing and into the vast nothingness. And I can hear the conversation by, uh, by Simon Garfunkel going on in my head. And I'm just contemplating all the decisions in my life that got me here. And that's kind of where this movie, the ending put me. Cause I'm like, I thought that's how it was for most of us when we masturbate. I guess I was wrong. Question your decisions when you get to the the freaking coffee shop and you find out that their ass doesn't even have fucking pie. I know. What the shit? The most they could get you is a goddamn brownie. What kind of diner is that? Fucking ass diner. You get some uh, pie, you get some coffee. Some damn fine. It's like, bitch, you look like that. There's no way you don't have pie. (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, by the end... He he's lost everyone he cares about, uh, except for like, I mean, it's obvious that he's now it's obvious that he was just kind of pushing Amir away because the last thing he wants is somebody else in his life to care about. And at Um, the end, they're bros. Yeah, (laughs) bros for life. But he he's stuck in this part of his life where he, he, his pig is gone. His wife is gone and it's just him uh, alone in the woods. And it was just, I don't know. I thought it was going to be more like the straight story, mm-hmm. you know, mm. but well, it wasn't. I'm glad and that's fine that, too. Uh, they don't have like the, the well, there wasn't going to be, but I at mean, the same time, it's just it's, like, again, oh. if you didn't kind of catch that when this movie began, it's, you need to see more films. <laughs> Because it really does lay that no, out. I know. Well, no, but they well, well, no, they, well. There's, there's the, there's the, there's stories where you know where they're going, and then there's stories mm-hmm. where, where they, the story knew where it was going, but then the filmmakers yeah, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it could have turned into Babe Two Pig in the City. That would have been really yeah. awesome. Well, I'm not saying that I wanted it to change, but um, because I, I don't, I really don't. I'm just saying that um, be prepared to be devastated. <laughs> It's just, it's a devastating ending where it's just, there's, there's no happiness. There's no, there's a beam of light shining well, down on him. Happiness. And that's the only light there, there is. In the end. <laughs> yeah. Bros. It's the whole once yeah, you've accepted, he gets to play the type of yeah, his once wife. you've accepted loss and you realize how you can move on mm. past that. It's, they all got what they needed in the end and then they can go and find success and. Hey, little girl, is your dad home? <laughs> Did you go and but Okay, so I love that song, but our yeah, cousin Steve kind of I, ruined it for he me. S- we hear that, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that song. His dead wife, though, ugh, not the best version. But wow. Actually, I really... Ugh. Well, our cousin... Go ahead, tell huh? the molester story of Steve's song. <laughs> As Steve's we, we, version our is... Our listeners know by now how they say it, yeah. <laughs> is uh hey little girl is your daddy home as he gone and left you all alone i got a deep desire oh, oh, oh i'm a pedophile yeah <laughs> see they should have let linda sing it 
<laughs> but I really, I really laughed so hard when they had to have his ratatouille moment where he's like, I'm getting the band back together. I'm getting all my ingredients <laughs> to make your dad a meal that's just going to make him jizz his fucking pants. It's going to blow him. <laughs> it's like, off, go to this cemetery dead, and dig up a body. And in this body, you will find it is holding a crypt <laughs> key. Open this crypt and you'll get to my wine cellar. And I want you to fight off five <laughs> demons and one Yuri to get to this bottle of wine we need. It's like, then I, Young then man, gonna... I have mace. You can't come in. Robin Feld sent me. Oh, Robin Feld. Uh, <laughs> I got to change my panties. I get the door so for you. Then you go and get. <laughs> and then some water. wraith comes to you the go door. And get water from Cthulhu's backyard. And then you let that dry up in the sun to gather the salt that's there. And you use that to make your sea salt with the golden persimmon. Bread. I mean, god damn. It was just it's an octopus has got it. It's so shade. beautiful. The golden persimmon of the dead persimmon tree. Yes. And it's like we should also mention that this was a 20-day shoot and the entire hour was chopped out well, of it. That's nice of them. I want to see but that. Yeah, just yeah. him getting to eat that fucking bird. And being so happy, and Nick Cage during the entire film, even through being beaten and rain, he's never once showered or changed. He had a chance. He had yes. a chance, but he's like, I'm going all natural. Yes. Even, even he sleeps at Amir's apartment. He's still in those. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. And then it's like, Mr. Feld, do you need medical attention? No, I'm fine. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you, you strayed from the path. Well, he kind of, like, I don't know. I. It's a romantic view, but I I think that you know there's a whole view of of baking and uh, serving food that's all about or creating food that's just about like, um, like using alchemy to uh. create something from nothing and to uh to nurture people's souls that's and well also mm. like like uh like 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 uh um like the sense of taste and smell those are powerful powerful memory yes. triggers right there so that ending makes utter yeah. sense yeah. and that's how i feel like he forces him to face that that most uh, amazing meal and uh, most amazing date night that he had with his wife, who's uh, who he's keeping alive. This villain, will which taste again my was steel. just so. Oh my god, it was just too much. Just they've always gone out and had little date nights, and they always came back drunk and fighting. But they go to your restaurant and they come back drunk and happy, and they fuck in front of me on the table, and it's awkward. Like it was the. <laughs> No, no, son, yeah, you will like, watch. It was the happiest moment in their life, more than they've ever been. And You will learn the business. And Nick Cage is like, I just like the idea that he's this version of a chef that no chef ever has been and ever would want to be. And I just like to think he's drunk most of the time off of, like, piss wine he made out there with his pig. And he's just doing this to sound really kind of like a Yoda to him, where he's like, I remember your parents. I remember that meal. <laughs> It's like I itched my balls that night, the left and then the right. <laughs> I had a rash yes, on my balls. I did not wash my hands <laughs> when I handled when, your when food. He mentions, <laughs> when he mentions that and mentions his mother though, Cage like perks up and you're like, Oh shit, how did he know her? Did he did he fuck this? Yeah, guy's I was mom? kinda ready for that. I was that. really hoping so. Yeah. Kinda kinda thought they were leading into the fuck the mom thing, but no, it didn't go. Remember when you asked if I fucked that pig? Did you mean your mom? Because I fucked your mom. 
And my pig. <laughs> <laughs> I made your mom fucking gush. Why your dad watched. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's a cook. <laughs> and that's why he told us he took my fucking pig. I turned your mom's spit faucet on. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I made your mom gush stock at souffle potato. But I mean, it, it, it's funny because being a cook, there's people that try saying it's like alchemists putting shit together. And I have heard a lot of people say that. It's... Sure, people. Make I mean, it yeah, it's you're putting a little bit more into it because for cooks, the main thing is you want to make food that makes people happy. That's the main thing, and it's like we're always told if you go through a full course meal in a restaurant, like a really nice restaurant, you're always only ever going to remember your first and last dish. Everything else you normally just fades into the background because the main thing you're going to be doing during that time, especially if the food is consistently well, is you're going to be having fun talking to people, drinking, having conversations. And it's all about how you start the night because that's going to start the tone for the rest of your evening. If the tone is set well with the first course, Everything's going to be wonderful and joyfully nice for you. But by the end. So in the middle, you yeah. can just have like a yeah, little. Like, and by bread. the end of the night, you want to have something really nice to kind of cap it off. And it just makes you feel like this was a really nice experience. You're not going to remember the names of half the shit you ate, but you're still going to know that you really enjoyed that. And for chefs, it's like that's. I remember. That's kind onion. of what you really want to aim for is just <laughs> making something that pleasant for people. Bakers are fucking madmen because they are a literal science. Hey. Well, no, they like professional bakers really are. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Like it is, it's, it's a science. Well, yeah. Like it's, it's, if you want to romanticize it, like I did, it's, it's alchemy, but it's, it really is about a science because you have to know like how this, um, well, this base is going to react to that uh, acid and, uh, like, what's this baking soda going to do to uh, to my bread or, you know, whatever? And It's about it's, being precise. Yeah. That's why it's more about being like a yes. mathematician. Because in cooking... How's in, that going to taste? In cooking, methadone? if you add a little too much, there's always something you can add to take away from that. There's always too much, too little. Yeah, but in baking, exactly. you're fucked. Exactly. In baking, you can just make something <laughs> like go completely flat if you push too much pressure on it. And that's why it's this is worth this is why it's worth buying the Blu-ray. There's a special where Nick Cage gets to be shown how to make two dishes in the film that he makes. The dinner the dinner meal at the oh. end of the movie and a quick mushroom tort at the beginning of the film that he makes out kind of a rustic style when he's with his pig. And you could see a clip of that on new YouTube. Yeah, the clip was really like a very, very short thing. It is so worth watching the actual yeah, things. Because Nick Cage is just, he's wonderful being himself because he equates everything what, he's also doing a, to sex where he's like, right. You put yeah, it not in only you. that, he's like, we're making something. We're making like an experience with our hands and it's we're sensual. being very like yeah. aggressive and dominant because I have to assert myself like my hand went in with you. what I'm doing. I have to put all this pressure in this dough and it's like I'm staring at my lover and I'm asserting myself. But then we have to also be gentle because we want them to enjoy this and we want to be passionate. So we have to be gentle with these ingredients. So it's just like sex. And then we put it inside you and you take it home and you sleep with it. And <laughs> this is very, very sexual, very sensual. I love it. And I'm like, dude, you're getting my dick hard, but that ain't cooking. <laughs> now it walks so well, oh, sweet it's Jesus. You. Why I love yeah. baking is because it's sort of like a zen experience for be, me. Yeah. And the thought that 
it's going to bring somebody, you know, joy. Uh, somebody's going like, even if it's just for one moment, like somebody's going to uh, get that joy and uh, of, of, of eating what I'm, I'm baking. And um, in that romantic sense, like I'm nurturing somebody yeah. and it's just uh, doing something uh, with That's... like so precise and so long that it's like, and it's for somebody else. Yeah, that's you know? why it's more One about finding. I made some. It's scones. about having passion in what you're doing, because <laughs> it's like that's how yeah. I felt with cooking until my boss killed that passion, and I had to refine it again for myself, which was great. But I also found that with photography too, because I loved being in a dark room, taking my time developing that, because you put all your personal touches into that when you're working with actual film instead of working with a digital medium. It's like, yeah, you can Photoshop, but fuck that. I want chemicals that could burn and scorch my body and having to do delicate touches. That does make it more it's fun. It just it makes it more personable. And it's things like some people don't like it, but it's a very cathartic experience for some people. It's like to them, it's like mm -hmm. what seems like torture to most. That's where you're having your most fun. And that's what I loved about being a chef mm -hmm. is because being in the kitchen industry, you're either really into BDSM or you're just an open sadist because why would you want to stay somewhere where people are constantly yelling at you, berating you, you're paid shit, and then you keep coming back night after night for it. It's because you find something you love. But it's it. okay because you can get that job even if yeah, you're a felon. But it's even like just cooking and it's true. the more time you take with those things. Some of our family members prove that. The more time you take with cooking and mm -hmm. the longer you take instead of doing things easily – it does take a lot of time, but God, it just makes the food taste so much more worth it. And just being able to explore that, even like fucking Ratatouille said, just exploring what happens when you do something a certain way or you add a little bit of this sauce into that dish, it kind of helps your mind to think differently. You deconstruct food when you start tasting yeah. it. And when you start tasting sauces and ingredients, you're like, this would be really good on blah, blah, blah. And that's when you start thinking like a cook. And I like that because it's a constant That's where creation. I got it too. But yeah, it's like being that creative yeah. and thinking like, of course with mine, it was stupid little things like, uh, oh, I can make this sort of cupcake yeah. at, with the base and I could have this sort of frosting and this and this. But also when I wasn't baking, like running mm -hmm. did that for me a lot too. It was very cathartic and, you know, some like it gave you time to just think through things and be alone and, um, sometimes it was just like the therapy that I needed. And like, sometimes I would end, uh, like a, a run, like crying. Cause like, I can't believe I made my, you know, my body was capable of doing that. And I did something I never thought I'd be able to do. That's and something I will never be able to understand still to this day and bless people for actually getting it, but reaching a runner's high and what you have to do to get your body to that point. I would much rather sit in a little tiny canopy and break the speed barrier or just the sound barrier because I would love to just be able to sit there and go, my face is peeling from my body, but I kind of feel nice right now for this one moment. Ah. Or I could just sit in my chair and do a popper. Fuck I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, you could pop a Xanax <laughs> and jerk off. I mean, if that's your thing. I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Get some poppers and some lube. <laughs> you got yourself but that's a That's one thing thing. I had a small issue with with Nick Cage and his cooking is like when you watch the specials and you see that he learned how to make these dishes, it's really nice because 
it's like watching an actor try to do something very quickly. And it was really nice because they showed him how to properly do things. The man was shown how to cut fucking vegetables. In the fucking movie, he is just like, I'm just going to chop this shit like I'm Edward fucking scissor hands and then throws it in a skillet <laughs> and then bam, I have mushroom tort. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't, you fucking cunt. What you have is something somebody else made. You have a lie. A tort of lies. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are also food chapter headers, by yes. the way, the rustic mushroom. Uh, the Which I don't know if it worked yeah. for you, but for me, yeah, when I saw that, one. it made me think of uh, Sallow, just because it also kind of had <laughs> menu titles. I love Sallow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say it made me hungry, but it's now not I'm fair. not fair. I anymore. can't tell just from the asses. <laughs> yeah. No way. Oh, if you won't have anything, you can eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he goes to his old house just goes right yeah, into the backyard and, entering. and there's a yeah there's a kid playing um, hello intruder let me educate you about this musical instrument hey what happened <laughs> what happened to the fucking persimmons all the time right you now? fucking God. foreigner what happened to my persimmon tree, my tree. <laughs> little little bastard getting off a boat and killing people's trees. Our son's head was bashed in with a turtle shell instrument. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was so afraid at at multiple points, like especially during this when he's talking to Amir about his mom. Like it would have been way easy for um like a uh, some like sappy ass director or writer to write in like, Oh, well that's his son. We're going to find out or his grandson or uh, Amir is really his son. That, yes. and, yeah. Like they didn't do any of that sappy bullshit. And I really appreciated that. And like, he One goes of these back characters to in this movie was jizzed by cage. Who was it? Yeah. <laughs> well, they go back to his uh, restaurant, which is now a bakery. Uh, and, and then is another thing. It's like, okay, how's this woman related to him? Was she like his um, his deceased wife's sister or something? And as it turns out, she was probably just a, a server. She was the baker yeah, for his was. restaurant. Yeah. And she, like her relation to him doesn't matter at all. And I really liked that. I would like that. She just feeds the yeast. She just yeah. get back to doing that. Ugh. He didn't go for all the shortcuts and like the sappy bullshit. No, and that was you know? a very, that actually was very restaurateur. That's like a lot of, as much as I hated cooking at some points and a lot of cooks do, it's still, you really do fill, fill in gaps and make a family with those people. As much as you can just yell and mm -hmm. scream at each other and stay that, say, I will stab you in the fucking dick, which does happen a lot. You still can have a drink with that person afterward and you can still watch movies and hang out. It's like everyone still really looks out sure, for each like other. it's like going to war. And it helps you, I think, to deal with learning the difference between criticism and constructive criticism. And also being an asshole. Because a lot of people don't handle that in right. jobs, especially like retail jobs. It's like if you get yelled at, people take it personally. But it's like, dude, go in a fucking kitchen because you will be yelled at and called a horse's yeah. ass so many fucking times. And that's why when my parents were telling me, oh, you got to watch Kitchen Nightmares. It's like the best show ever. I'm like, this is my life. I don't want to watch it on TV. <laughs> it's like, it's shocking to you people. Donnie, this is just a up. Tuesday. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's the same way with like an acting yeah. troupe. Like they 
become your family yeah. and like you kind of go through war with each other and then they like, change you, your name and dye your hair. Yeah. But yeah. that's why I like the that's why even though <laughs> somebody has to eat the limp biscuit. That's why even though it was like a really what? subtle performance from the lady as a baker, it was really, really nice to see because it's like you saw that they had a close working relationship and that when he gave her the restaurant when mm-hmm. he left, it's because he assumed she might have done something more with it or kept it going. But and that's also a sad fact mm-hmm. with restaurants that unfortunately is very harsh, especially in Japan, is that once a a chef leaves a restaurant and the restaurant closes or it's not closes, but necessarily goes to someone else. The restaurants usually dip down in business because once the head chef is gone, people just assume that the quality is left with it. But in Japan, it's like once a head chef leaves in a very well-known restaurant or like a sushi restaurant, those places are just dead. It doesn't matter if it's their son that takes over or an understudy for 20 or 30 years, that place is just never going to be what it was. And although there are some places where it's the yeah. opposite and people can't wait for them to oh, have a absolutely, new chef. yeah. <laughs> There's a place back in Olympia uh that called the Reef. <laughs> and Adrian remembers there was there was a marquee there for the longest time that said, uh, food's so good you'll forget you're at the reef. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That, that reminded yeah, me, I yeah. remember you Best advertising. I remember they ever you did. took me there because it reminded <laughs> me of the fucking movie Elf. Where it's like he takes that girl on a date. And she's like, this, this coffee's really shit. He's like, no, it's the best coffee in the world. <laughs> it's like, oh, because the fucking door says best coffee in the world. Like, no, no, it's it's fucking not. <laughs> it's like you don't want to remember this shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Da- downtown Olympia, they don't really care what that no. food tastes like. It's local. You have to love it now. Yeah, even the uh, there was a corn dog place in Oregon. Um that was near our parents' house out that way. It's like, it's where we you would go by when you're going to the uh, Tillamook factory. And even that says, like, world-famous corn dogs. And you're like, this is just a fucking corn dog. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you're liars. Yeah. <laughs> this is a corn dog of lies. I will say, though, like, every time I've gone to Portland, all the food has been amazing. Yes. Like, everywhere yeah. I have gone, even, like, chain shit, it's all just better there. And it's the like they donuts fuck. there, fuck and man. the fucking donuts. Oh fuck! Oh, damn, that's <laughs> Portland. Oh, yeah, fuck. me too. And uh, they got that 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 um, is it uh, not uh, the 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 bookstore? Um, Warner's? Yeah, Powell's. Yeah, Powell's. Yeah. Oh, God. yeah. I mostly go for Powell's and for Voodoo Donuts, you know, and for other shit I find along the way. Like I think there's like Blue Star uh, donuts out there too. It's Amazing. Oh, well, been to that one. Yeah. Oh, so fucking good. Something that's anyway. not so amazing We're is blessed here, people's opinions on this movie. Oh, well, oh. well I, I know what Barack Obama thought of this movie. What did everybody else think? Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot he about said that. Rather fun. But uh, tops of the worst movies I've ever wasted my life watching. Oh Lord. Says a man who's seen five. Unbelievable movies. crap plot. <laughs> Fight Club chefs? Oh my god, I waited for some substance. None. Pointless. Utter trash of cinema. What was I thinking? Nicolas Cage? Lols. Save your $6.99 and save your time and do anything but watch this movie. Like go scrub the shower or do some chores. Anything but the vacuous waste of any valid experience this filth of time Damn. sucks from you. It is a better experience 
than watching this movie, I assure you. 14 people found that helpful. This is... Oh, what? Not just him, but 15 yes. people all told now thought this movie was as bad as Syriana? Yeah. Oh, they found God. it as bad as having a colonoscopy. Um, oh. This is by a Mary Senatori. Colonoscopy's not that bad. It's the preparing that's bad. Tedious. <laughs> I vomited my prep. I have to wait Tedious and pretentious. <laughs> as a Portlander and Nicolas Cage fan, I had high hopes for this movie. Oh, boy. They were dashed. What a slog. The plot and dialogue are tedious and pretentious. A chef and restaurant worker fight club under Pioneer Courthouse Square? Why exactly? This movie really never takes off. And on top of all that tedium, it really bugged me that the Nick Cage character never showered. Even after being covered in blood, after being <laughs> brutally beaten in the gratuitous fight club scene, I'd give it zero stars if I could. Nine people found that helpful. I think that fact was fucking fantastic. The same <laughs> I love reviewer that he never hated Die Hard because Bruce Willis was really yeah, funny. You call this a Christmas movie? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Lethal Weapon's the real Christmas movie. <laughs> Too much violence. <laughs> Why was Professor Snape the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> Always. And lastly, run away. Save yourself. I feel as if I'm being punished. Unequivocally, the most ridiculous plot and poorly written movie that I have ever had the misfortune to watch. I am beginning to think that Nicolas Cage was being held captive to make this movie, and that is why he never bathed. Mr. Cage blinked twice if you are being held against your will. But in reality, I hope they paid him in cash up front. Utterly nonsensical plot and exceedingly poorly written script. It's as if Mrs. Jones' third grade class wrote this. Did someone owe the directors a favor? It's not just that the movie was miserable. Wait, yes, it is. The movie was miserable. Miserably written, miserably directed, miserable infinity. Donnie? Have they fucking seen Prisoners of the Ghost? Oh, uh, we'll be getting to that one. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Talking about a kick in the dick. Donnie, do you ever follow these people and see what they liked? Um, I actually thought you were going to say I like follow tell them the real home tale. because, I mean... Yeah, yeah, with well, that too. Yeah, ice pick in the back of the neck. Yeah, th that too. You well, know, I don't sure. want to ice pick. Him. Like, I just want to follow him and go. Hey, it's like, what's for dinner? Hi, hi there. I really like your roses and your this garden's has nice too. This has nothing on the best film ever made. Shirt Circuit Two. Hey, that movie was amazing. <laughs> It was almost as amazing as Caddyshack, too. But, um, Fisher Stevens is underrated and misunderstood. The last person review I read, they actually did really love a uh, cane that I got for my sister and our dad. It was a, it was Ooh, a awesome. replica of the Barnabas uh, Collins cane. And oh. yes, and they gave it a five-star glowing review. Saying this cane resembles a Victorian antique. The patina makes it look like antique silver. The facial features are very intricate and detailed. I am very pleased. So they do love Yay. some things in the world. 
some things. <laughs> but just not Nicolas Cage but, or um, Portland. After his character finds out that um, Amir's dad is the one who um, who had his pig taken, he... <laughs> He kicks the shit out of uh, Amir's um, the Camaro. Uh, the Camaro. Camaro. Oh, <laughs> and, and Amir is definitely somebody who cares a lot about how he's seen, how he's perceived, and um, and then Cage goes and steals some teenage kid's bike, and the kid comes up to him and he goes, "Yeah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was great." I'm you're right. I got a bike. I thought that was like perfect cageness and just like the perfect little soup son of cageness in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh it's it's nice to have instead of you talked. Yes. <laughs> he has grown as an actor. Actor in so many ways. But um what did you guys feel about because in the toward the end um at well at the end of the journey um they go to the diner amir and uh robin and they have their coffee and uh brownies and um and then he he tells amir that he's just gonna walk home from there he doesn't have to take him and then amir (laughs) um is crying and he just decides to sleep in his car. What do you guys like? feel like that was about? Um, I kind of feel that when that happened and Nick Cage walked home, they should have started with the whole, it's a long road. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's been a long but, day. But, uh, yeah. From <laughs> he just had a venture um, and it was time to go yeah. to sleep. You know, Peter Falk told him a story and he said, as you wish. And he went to sleep in his car. I think, I think he's channeled his inner bum and he cares less about his image now. Yeah. And now he could be a piece of shit in the woods if he, if he that, wants to, like, hmm. like he might be a little bit more comfortable yeah. now. That's actually what made me think of you when I was watching this, Linda, was it reminded me of, um, the, <laughs> I was thinking about yes, a bum? <laughs> it reminded me of when we got yelled An at when we went and bum. saw the, uh, Muppets movie with the new Muppets. <laughs> And they had, um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, Zach Gilfinakis playing the king of the hobos. And, That's and it's like, this casting. is what that movie reminded yes. me of. It's like when he's like, oh my God, is that guy so-and-so? And he's talking about the guy that's managing the fight club going on. And I'm like, he looks like a bum. Nick Cage looks like a bum. These guys are all bums. It's like bum world. And it just made me think of that in the yeah. Muppets when they're being they're carrying off Jack Black because they're going to make him the new king of the bums. <laughs> well, it like at first it was I thought be one that the uh, I didn't catch his line about having the Fight Club for restaurant workers, and so I thought it was just bum nope. fights <laughs> because the the guy before him well looks very much yeah. like him. He's like this old bearded guy who looks but like he's a bum. wearing a chef with thick arms yeah and it's from because again they're not really giving you too much about it it literally is played out that you the servers are paying to beat the shit out of the high-paid chefs because they make your life shit so it just makes you feel better to get that out of the way that you're paying so much to say yeah i want to beat the shit out of this guy for a solid minute 
I mean, is an underground fight club so far fetched? I mean, I was in one in college. You know, uh. <laughs> we did it under the library. Honestly, most cooks I do cocaine, meth. Cool. They're drunk, or they've been in prison, so they don't really need to fight. They just yeah, kinda, or yeah. all of those. You know, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> See some of our family members. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I I really enjoyed it and. I, I love that because at that point where it, it just seems so fantastical that it, it, it seemed like it kept up the, the sort of charade for me that it was going to be like a, a balls out crazy cage mm. film. And, uh, but then like after that, it, it kind of, um, without you even really noticing what the hell happened, it just, it turns into a great movie. That's like very touching, very moving. And I think, um, I think especially through COVID, a lot of us have been forced to be in this situation of facing death and accepting Mm. it. And um, I feel like it was a very beautiful story. And the aesthetics are nice. And the aesthetics are really nice. Yeah. 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 That's Um, deep. (laughs) It's not quite Mandy, but I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that it like these people... Um, like a lot of the people who didn't like it, I think they were expecting and wanting something but like that. I don't think I don't really see even like I said, watch the trailers now because none of that ever translates mm. to anything that the movie could have been. It's like they're very, very somber. That's okay though. And it's just yeah, it doesn't even like spoil the film for you. It does set the tone though. And again, it's just, there's nothing in there like this is going to be a, they took my pig and now I got to go kill them all. It's like, no. Well, I mean, people are going to expect what they're going to expect. It's going to be based on their experience and what they just think of as what a movie is and everybody has a different idea. General audiences are pretty dumb, so they like having it spelled out for them with trailers. And this would have had like a silly wonky soundtrack and then it would have had a one-liner at the end. So it would have been like, yeah, I fucked that um, pig. I called it your mom. Whoa, it's a pig. And then it's like, Whoa, bam, it's coming pig. out There next are so many shotgun, fucking trailers that it's like, what's the point of having the movie now? I You just show well, me everything. There, <laughs> there are a lot of people, though, who will not watch a movie unless they know how it well, that's ends. That's what I'm saying. It's like when you have directors. Oh, God, yeah. I ran into this when in Hollywood video. you have video. directors like this, they uh. tend to make smarter trailers. They're not giving it away because it's not mm-hmm. a triple A film. It's not something made by a major studio out there where they're like, you have to be shown what is going to happen or you have to be shown scenes that are not going to be in the movie. It's just, again, just trying to simply convey it. It turns out I can kill you because I'm Ashley Judd and I can't be tried twice for killing you twice. It's double jeopardy. Yeah. It was even like the movie you're yeah. hailing as well because <laughs> the guy was in it. It's hereditary. It's the same thing. It's a very, very mm-hmm. solid trailer that doesn't give enough away to ruin the story for you by any stretch of the imagination, but it does give you an idea of the tone you're going to be in for with that. So when a trailer can actually do that, yeah, that's like nice. um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's next movie, uh, our latest movie, uh, I have like no fucking clue what the hell it's about, but Good. With the the fact that it's yeah exactly i don't want to know um i i want to go in blind i i trust and love um del toro and uh and just i think like it's just like what you were saying it it sets the yeah. tone like this is the tone of the movie i'm i'm going yeah. to see and i'm looking forward to it 
What's the tone of the sequel to the movie you're going to see, Linda? Um, porn. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, no. it's time for sequel. sequel. Return. Return. More. More. Harder. You get a Harder. sequel. You get a sequel. You get a sequel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did did anybody write a sequel? No. Okay. <laughs> well, what was your sequel? I don't want to see a sequel. So, uh, so the diner lady gets drunk on cooking sherry and crashes into the trailer of the two tweakers, and and when she crashes in, it kills the man. But the tweaker lady takes it as a wake up call, and she becomes a born again Christian, and moves back in with her parents in Vancouver. Uh, and then she begins acting strangely, and everybody just assumes that she's relapsed. But for some reason, she has also taken on a powerful taste for gourmet food. Her brother, played by Elijah Wood, learns that hey. his sister has been possessed by the brain-dead wife and must endure a spiritual quest <laughs> to calm the deathless spirit in <laughs> Gastro, a sequel to Pig! <laughs> by Panos Cosmos. That's because that's, I want to see a sort of Cheers uh, series Hobo? with uh, where the guy turned uh, actually the guy that uh, what was it Finn Wolfhard uh, oh. Finway um, he closes his pretentious ass restaurant um, Eurydice see there's another tie um, to Orpheus but uh, he he closes the restaurant and he he goes on to live his life goal, his life dream and opens a gastro pub. And this is all about the hijinks that occur in uh, Fenway's pub. <laughs> and Shelly Long's in it, right? For some reason. Yes. Yeah. And Kelsey Grammer is, but he's just always taking a shit in oh the bathroom. My. <laughs> Good God. Fucking scotch egg, son of a car. I destroyed that car. Scotch I destroyed that toilet like I did my car. <laughs> That's like that pub in Sacramento where I took the video under the stall of the guy puking for like 10 minutes. That That's a crime. That's nice. <laughs> is that yes, illegal? That is. <laughs> no, you just see his shoes. <laughs> and an upskirt shot <laughs> no i saw the whole guy later on i recognized him by his shoes you don't want an upskirt shot of the man so i Although he was eating afterwards he would remake this as charlotte's web but all the characters are played by nick cage and the pig would have his face it's gonna be live action too. with my face of course well um <clears throat> Is that your sequel return more harder, or is that a, I want his face off, face off. Face off. Uh, that's both, actually. Okay. I could eat a face for hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really have one, except I wanted I wanted a version with the pig being played by Miss Piggy, of course. I mean, it's right what? there. <laughs> never before and never, <laughs> and never again. <laughs> and he well, does fuck the pig in this. He does, of course, he does. Yes, uh, but uh, I, I, I had a face off. I did. I wanted a 1992 version 
directed by Martin Campbell and starring Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson was similarly the caveman's Valentine. Awesome. And uh, do a screenplay by uh, Bruce Joel Rubin, uh, have it shot by Alex Thompson. And uh, my version would have uh, Crispin Glover as Amir. It would Ooh. have uh, Ruth Gordon as Shroom Lady. Um, yes. Calista Flockhart as the Tweaker Lady. And a musical okay. score by Nick Cave. I, Nick I Cave was thinking of Nick Cave throughout the whole thing mm. because yeah. of the um, Eurydice yeah. Uh, yeah. Orpheus song. Um, but, uh, um, I was, it was funny cause I was thinking about, um, God, and now I'm forgetting her name already that you, dun, dun, dun. you cast as, a um, the lady in there, not Calista Flockhart, but the one before Oh, Ruth her. Gordon? Yeah. Yes. I was thinking of Ruth, Ruth Gordon when they showed Jezebel, the, the woman who owns the mortuary, who gave them the wine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, at first, at first, I was like, oh, 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 it's, and then they showed her, and I was like, oh, that's not Ruth Gordon. She's been, de- <laughs> she's been dead for a while. I mean, she was old even then. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I mean, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Rosemary's Baby was nineteen sixty-seven. You know. <laughs> Ooh, we're gonna eventually have to get into that for uh, Bedknobs and Broomflicks. I'm surprised you haven't already. All of them. We got witches. so many movies to cover. <laughs> So many, <laughs> but um, yeah. So there is Oscar buzz going around uh, for both the movie and Cage's performance, and I really, uh, I hope he gets it. Um, apparently, uh, Alex Wolf is a, a huge Cage fan, and he thinks that he deserves it as well. Um, Alex Wolf and- says you're cool. You know you're cool. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, he said. Um, uh, the fact that it's been 25 years, uh, you know, since Cage won his Oscar is a huge misguided decision on the Academy's part. And he called this the best experience he's had, uh, the best acting experience and the best personal experience. They should oh. just make Adrian Brody give his Oscar back. I mean, we all know. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. that yeah. 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 So, let's, come on, let's come on, Adrian Brody. Quick pretend. <laughs> let's start a, 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 a thing on uh, was it movement.org <laughs> what are you talking about start i started the jacket the jacket <laughs> it's species wasn't it uh, no no he wasn't in that one. Oh uh, no what was he in it was something like that oh, he's in God, all kinds of shit although anyway it's um, brody of course it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, if you haven't seen it, um, you're welcome for spoiling the whole fucking thing for you. Um, they were warned. <laughs> Are we going to give them wisdom? Um, it, it's it's a, a lovely movie, I think. Um, and uh, and I guess for my cagey wisdom, uh, I really liked the line of uh, we don't get a lot of things to really care about. Yeah, Cage describes how the earthquakes get utterly destroyed Portland Thankfully. and how you can't hide on Mount, Mount Hood neither because that's uh, the volcano. Mm-hmm. I'd rather an earthquake destroyed Seattle. Just eh. Oh, the whole Pacific Northwest is going to be all gonna die. going down. But, but yeah. uh, the only places worth going are in the Ring of Fire, just saying. Um, and as <laughs> Nicholas Cage says, fuck Seattle. My, my wisdom <laughs> is never tell anybody about your pig buddy. Not if it's real. They're all going to assume you're fucking. <laughs> I love We're them, man. We're all going to laugh at you. 
Well, that ties into my wisdom that if you have to tell someone you're not fucking a pig, you're fucking a pig. (laughs) If you gotta tell somebody you're fucking a pig, you might be a pig fucker. (laughs) Jeff Foxworthy and Pig 2 The Reckoning. That would have been a fun buddy cop movie, actually, or buddy pig film is Nick Cage and Jeff Foxworthy hunting down wild pigs. That'll oh, do, yeah. buddy. Just, fuck you don't you don't even need a script for that. Just have it go to Texas. It, it all we'll it all have, writes like, itself. Nick Cage continue on with his whole. This is how the world ends with a whimper, not a bang. And Jeff Foxworthy's like, you are just a cheerful disposition man. <laughs> you uh, talk Donnie, like were you that. Able? You might be a Hollywood homo. <laughs> were you able to glean that any was wisdom? my wisdom i just i literally said that was, that was tied into my wisdom oh dope yeah you're right sorry i'm linda tired needs, um, linda needs the wisdom to know when it's the wisdom. The journey of <laughs> yeah, linda's apparently. wisdom has been one that i did not expect <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. would like to share really quickly that um uh, not only was, uh, you know, David Shaughnessy, the um, uh, a bunch of voices in uh, Labyrinth, include, including Sir Didmus, um, he was also in a bunch of games like uh, Elder Scrolls and uh, um, uh, uh, Diablo, yeah. Robot Chicken and stuff like that. Um, but then also uh, Fenway, the, the chef, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff, including uh spring break and total recall and splash. Um, I think he was kind of like that goofy friend in the eighties and early nineties. And now he but looks like this. He was also in a couple episodes of, uh, of Alf, but he was, uh, I figured you'd appreciate this, Adrian. He was, uh, he played acting police chief Wiley Ledbetter in, uh, the episode called no laughing murder of murder she wrote (laughs) oh my god (laughs) but almost everybody on the cast except for of course um arkin uh alex wolf and um and uh cage of course have been involved with uh with grim because that's uh they they film around portland but um even like the the cast member i mean the the crew had um like ties to grim somehow um, but these are all like, you know, Portland people and I, I could be, I could be wrong, but I want to say that Adam Arkin actually lives in Portland these days or around. Portland. But, um, yeah. You may have heard of Adam Arkin before. Um, by the way, we're <laughs> not talking known about Portland, Maine or Portland, Texas, just in case you thought we were. Oregon. Yeah. Um, but Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I feel like we've covered the shit out of it. Um, and uh, like I said, yep, if you haven't seen it, it our, check it out. On our foul fondant. Uh, thank you for letting us get back in your ear holes. Uh, please, 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 if you haven't done so already, listen, follow, rate, and review Cage's Kiss on Apple Podcasts, especially. Uh, it helps uh, other people find us. And uh, check out our stuff on YouTube. Also, uh, you could check out our website, cageskiss.com. Uh, and uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cageskiss. Oh, I think I got to change that back. But um, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're still going strong, baby. 
Uh, and you can still find us on Twitter at at Cage's Kiss or uh, yeah, check out our uh, you could write to us uh, by email through uh, Cage's Kiss at gmail.com. Uh, check out my other podcast about witches in history and stories of all media, bed knobs and broom flicks. Uh, we, we just covered, oh God, maybe this isn't the best advertising for us. We covered uh, an Italian uh, movie uh, called the, the Legend of the Christmas Witch about La Bifana. You found um, a bad Michael Suave movie. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, yeah, he did retire was, for a while. Maybe he came back and he just wasn't good anymore. It was directed by uh, Michel Suave. Um, Who you can see his brain get ripped out in, in uh, Full Cheese City of the Living Dead. It's true. I shared yeah. that. Uh, I shared... I got to talk to Adrian about, <laughs> about him before. So, um, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, we also have a lot of good um, movies we cover, <laughs> like The Worst Witch with Tim Curry. Oh, you do some or, good ones um, sometimes. Oh. <laughs> we've covered uh, the book series, uh, um, Sarah J. Mass's book series, uh, Gla- uh, uh, Throne of Glass. And we're still doing that. Uh, we've been covering Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Check it out. Uh, you might like something. Are and, you going to do that uh, TV movie about Leona Helmsley? She kind of rhymes with witch, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> also, check me out as Lila in Dispatches of Disassociation, which should be coming back soon. Crossing my fingers and hoping. Uh, you can also check me out as Patrice and Lieutenant Murphy in Coyote's Bluff. And uh, I'm also Mrs. Halverson in uh, the second season of Forza Crowd. I was in Adrian, where too. can the people find? Donnie was in hey. that too. Adrian wasn't in that. Adrian was Donnie on was also Art under Coyote's Fox. And Adrian's on Patreon where he previews all his DeviantArt artworks early. So you should go and pay to see that shit. And there's secret artworks on there as Indeed. too. And I got a YouTube under A.A. Smith, so you could just uh, Google Glurt and Jamie, because Glurt McNurt and Jamie Heslip are my rainbow gun guys, and they're in all my cartoons. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I'm yeah. over at Arby's still. I've moved to the bathroom. It's much cleaner, <laughs> and it's tiled, and that's where my office is. I also have Wisdom in the Bottle, which we are restructuring again, thankfully. I also have my audio series I've been working on, which is the Deep Sea Anthology, and I'm also going to be the third co-host on Cinema Recall when we start up this coming new year. So that's what I've got going on for me in my life at this moment. And I also have another podcast starting up, which is going to be very, very fun. It's Perfectly Brewed Films. So yeah, look forward to that in the future. Oh my God. No. And uh, those uh, slack asses over at Videorama wanted me to let you all know that, um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, the feds came uh-huh. and took them away. Something to deal with uh, not Aaron Sorkin. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's something about uh, like uh, sexually... Nope. Uh, it wasn't all those snuff film tapes. Devastating an actor. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. But <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a cagey uh, world out there. We got it covered. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be back uh, soon in your ear holes for another cage movie. 
because of the prisoners of the ghost land. Fucking ghost land. You can watch it on things, but you'll feel like a prisoner. (laughs) You know, you could have it on uh, the background on mute. Um, You can listen to our episode. We'll we'll tell you everything you need to know about the movie. Um, we'll give you all the reasons just, not to watch it. The movie will stick yeah, with you, just and you'll be talking about it for months after the fact. <laughs> really? Yes. You're a therapist. <laughs> it is just that kind of Telling a deep all your discussion loved ones of a film away. that just has layers, like hookers. Yeah. How many? How long does it take to get to the center of the hooker, oh, Donnie? Twelve and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's where video Rama went wrong. <laughs> so uh until then, uh Donnie shot a kid. <laughs> and a hooker. A kid hooker. Fuck Seattle. Please kiss me.